Welcome to the Weekly Hijack. Hello, everyone. We're back. I know. Over a year later, after we finished the Lost rewatch, we are back with another show to talk about on the Weekly Hijack. Yeah, we've been considering for a long time doing The Prisoner, which neither of us have seen. Well, I've seen a few episodes like 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, like two or three. But it's just one of those cult classics we hear about, and we thought, well... Let's try this thing. It's been yeah, it's been on our radar for a very long time. I think because you you said you had seen it a while back, and back in the lost heyday, I remember it, it was a show that got talked about, referenced well, here and there. When Balan Five gets referenced briefly too, yeah. We, so it, it makes sense that we would cover it. Yeah, this is the oldest show we've we've ever done for the weekly hijack. Uh, it's also the most blind I've been going mm-hmm. into uh, this, having never seen it before. Of course, Lost in Babylon Five we had, and the other shows we've done on Weekly Hijack, we kind of started halfway through watching them. Yeah. So this is something uh, new and new for those of us in the room. Our wives, and Janelle and Natasha, are here. Say hi, ladies. Hi. Hi, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so tonight we started the first episode. Well, we watched the first episode of this odd little show. It's there's only about 17 episodes, so this will be a quick run of uh, Weekly Hijack. But we're excited to get back into this. And, but Nick, what was this episode called? The Arrival. The Arrival. So what I knew about the prisoner was that it was said to be very trippy, uh, which Check. it was. <laughs> Check. Definitely had that. I knew a little bit about just the very basics that there was a guy that is taken to some place and wants to get out. Mm-hmm. He's a prisoner, but it was actually this little quaint little village. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that the actor had been previously been in some sort of secret agent show. Uh, we looked it up. It's called Danger Man, maybe a precursor to Danger Mouse, the cartoon <laughs> that I'm more familiar with. According to Wikipedia, it's a little... They're differing source, differing opinions on whether this is an actual successor to that show or just not inspired at all mm-hmm. or loosely inspired or whatnot. Inspired after the fact. Inspired after the fact. <laughs> I don't know. I, I could see that, too. There's some debate about that. There's some de- debate about whether the show was meant to go longer or if it was canceled or got short. I have, I have a feeling this is going to be one of those shows that never actually gives satisfactory answers for some things. It's possible. Like, well, I mean, not that we've never wa- ever watched shows like that. But <laughs> I already get a very different vibe from this one than even Lost. Yes. Yeah. What I knew but going in was, having seen, I, I remembered very distinctly the white bubble. Because it's very hard <laughs> to forget once you see it. The killer uh, hot air balloon. Yeah. Or, or not hot air balloon, just killer balloon. Yeah, whatever it is. Beach, it's, beach ball, Janelle called it. Yes, it's it's interesting. Um, whatever it is. It, it's not quite as threatening looking as the smoke monster. I'll say no. that. They do make it more threatening than it should be. Yeah. I mean, the f- first time when it shows up out of nowhere and then like stretches that guy's face over that guy's face, he looked like, I was like, is he suffocating? What's going on? Uh, I wasn't sure if he was supposed to have gone inside the balloon or. I think, I think so. I don't know. It yeah. was, it's very bizarre. The very fast cut pacing of this whole thing, too, it reminded me of there's a film from, I think, earlier in this decade. So this came out in 1967. There's a film earlier in this decade, a French film called Breathless, that is noted for being an early film to have this extremely fast cut style mm-hmm. of editing. It was kind of inspired in some ways by Russian Russian filmmaker Eisenstein. I'm not sure if, I'm, if I remember that right, but th- he was really known for doing montage he really okay. it was very innovative montage back in back in the silent era but the french kind of re 
we're re-looking at this and seeing what you can do with fast editing. And this is the 60s, so this is shortly after French New Wave. So I think the fast-paced style of this is highly inspired by that, I would wager. You know, we should probably, we don't do this with a lot of our hijacks, but we should probably give a little bit of a summary because... That's true, because not this, everyone this knows not, this. This is going to be a lesser known show than even most of them we watch. That's true. So I guess in a nutshell, in a very interesting intro, no sound or anything really, our main character, which we don't have a name for him, He's just number six yes, by true. the end. Resigns from some sort of, we assume, important government spy job. Although the the doors he goes to sign out is like, just says the way out or mm-hmm. something like that. It's it's very, yeah. Anyways, he ends up, he wakes up, he ends up on this in this village. Well, yeah, because he, he goes home to, to pack up his things, basically. And then, like, you see some someone, sort of sleeping gas. Someone had followed him home and some sleeping gas comes through his keyhole. And so he wakes up this village. There's a lot of wondering, where am I? What's going on? Everyone's just is kind of cultish. Not quite, but like the whole village thing is like everyone just like dressed happily and act like it's like a holiday town. Mm. But there's also like people observing you all the time and everyone's known by numbers. And it's just weird. And he tries to escape in various ways after number two shows him around the the village and how they want information from him. That's the main point. They want to know why he resigned, etc. And he just refuses. He tries to escape several times. It always goes wrong, whether if, because there's some sort of beach ball or they have control <laughs> of his helicopter or what, whatever. They can apparently remote control stuff. It's kind of in those like 1960s TV vibes where like, Okay, technology was really not as thorough as it was in 1960s. Yeah. They, make it, they make it look here. Yeah. But it's like, you know, espionage, spy yeah. shows, the technology is always slightly advanced slightly of where we are in reality. So I guess that's most of the episode in a nutshell. I mean, there's a lot of ins and outs. Yeah. But it's largely just him getting used to the village, trying to escape, realizing that there's really not a good way out of this thing. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to talk about here? <laughs> well, first, this is going to be a little different format. We're kind of... We're we'll, trying to figure it out. We'll kind of figure it out because it's different from when we did Lost Rewatch or when we did Babylon 5 when we had a newbie because we're all newbies here. But since I know Nick and I can get carried away with talking, I do want to let the ladies... Because you, you probably came into this even more blind than we were. So what were your first thoughts about all this? <laughs> I certainly spent the first few minutes of the village going, what's going on? And you get the idea, basically, enough of what you need to know or what the TV makers want you to know by the end. And I thought, that looks like it could be a real English village in a slightly remote mountainous region. I I have seen villages that have those narrow streets and have things kind of cluttered together. And it it does look and feel kind of touristy, like (laughs) Canterbury, except with... um, more terrain variation, I guess. Yeah. yeah it, it is kind of ironic that our main character insists he's a person, not a number, and all we know about him is number six. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of telling. There was a 99% visible episode talking about the, where they would film this thing. It is this little, little village, village somewhere. I don't remember where, but you can go and visit it still, I think. That's so cool. Yeah. I would figure you'd have to be since they probably wouldn't build all that stuff unless they were all like movie sets, but... Yeah, there's an interesting story why it was made. It's a very weird setup anyways. And there was, I don't remember. You have to go look up the episode. Is yeah. it on a dry lake or something? <laughs> I don't know. It's like an island? There's no... I mean, it, there used to be water there. It looks yeah. like it was... Fuller or something? Supposed to have water, but it doesn't. Well, Natasha, do you have other impressions from this episode? 
I mean, it just reminded me of the Truman Show, which I've seen recently again. So, guy in a fake town and, and all. Right. Not that he's being filmed for a show, but he's being filmed. Well, <laughs> and mean, most of his life has been filmed or taking pictures of, which was wonky. Yeah. That is weird. Yeah. Been watching him a long time. So, even before he was. Uh, a secret agent man, or we're assuming he's like a spy, but yeah. we don't really know. I mean, he kind of has that, I forget what the actor's name is now, but he has that kind of almost Bond-like mm-hmm. gaze. Sometimes he'll look about him like sharply and he'll act kind yeah. of suave when he's, but then other times he kind of is, is acting kind of petulant. He's like, no, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. <laughs> and, and I don't know, in some of his choices, I was like, maybe you do a little bit more surveillance. Uh, it seemed like he was just wandering from thing to thing, but it may have just been the fast-paced direction. Mm-hmm. Like, you hardly have any time to breathe in this thing. Yeah, it's, it's overwhelming. I mean, the whole episode is just like, what is happening? You know, and there's like, at least like two or three double crosses in this first episode. Yeah, he's constantly running around. All, even all the, the way all the conversations are edited, there's not a lot of room for, like, breaths. They're like... They cut back and forth between each statement really rapidly, almost like like in the YouTube thing, like when they kind of like just cut out their breaths and they're just yeah. constantly talking, stream mm-hmm. of thought, like the whole time. And it's interesting, like number two gets replaced halfway through the episode. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm in charge now, or I'm number two now. Yeah. Um, it, it's just interesting the, no, the amount of, uh, it does build this sense of paranoia throughout the whole, mm-hmm. the whole thing pretty effectively. Reminds me a little bit of 1984. Mm-hmm. Someone is always watching you. I mean, it, it's different, but... Mm-hmm. I also thought, as it was going along, I don't know if this is part of British culture seeping into the TV show itself, but these people that are in charge of the village, it seems pretty clear to us that they have evil or malicious intentions, or we, we get that sense right away, but they're so civil. <laughs> how would you how do you like your breakfast tea with lemon you like two eggs you like one bacon or two help yourself to toast whatever and at least so far it's so unviolent they don't punch each other they just talk and refuse to answer your questions <laughs> right they're so proper <laughs> yeah it would seem like maybe it was in a more modern show or an american show i'm not sure which but, like, when he first goes up in a helicopter flight with number two, I'm like, okay, well, like, some secret agent characters I'd seen, they just, like, push the guy out of the helicopter yeah. right here. What are they waiting for you? <laughs> it's like, no, okay, sure, I'll be cool. We'll go along, look and see. Or, I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. There, it'll be interesting to get to know this character a little bit more over these 17 episodes. And I'm very curious about some of the things we see, like, little background details of this village. We see, besides just all the fact, all these signs all over the place that say, strange things like please do walk on the grass um a but, silent tongue is a happy life yeah but also like a lot of characters are like dressed in these really bright colors mm-hmm. god is like is that a 1960s thing or is that like purposeful kind of like because he and number two are dressed in darker colors yeah and like seems like everyone else is in these really bright outfits yeah, like the whole episode is like just all these juxtapositions between how the our main character looks and what's going on around him yeah, like the one time he, was, he walked by a pond and there was somebody pushing a beach ball in the pond. And then there, you just see something, pat, someone pass by and be like, wait, what, what were they just doing? <laughs> like the, the strange, like not quite normal normalcy that's going on all around him is very yeah. befuddling. 
Yeah, like the funeral music. Like it's the same <laughs> as the music they have just every day. This chipper song that they play as they go down the street. Or no, like the announcement comes on, like warning. There might be light showers. It, like he he like he like starts getting freaked out. He's like, oh, it's just a weather report. It's just this. They're just playing, and it's pretty impressive how they have all the background stuff. They just keep it moving, and just you're always a little. A little you, thrown off. You feel, I mean, it does very well visually making you feel what he's, he's feeling, being just mm-hmm. overwhelmed. And, and interesting, you, it's all a little off without most of it feeling like dark or violent mm-hmm. or anything like that. You, you feel something wrong with the exception of like when they're in the hospital and like <laughs> at some point you see some like brain dead guy walking by. Like what is going on here? Yeah, or the group therapy and the yeah, and the, the like straight jackets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, if if you have not seen this episode and you're <laughs> hearing us talk about this, you're probably your mind's probably a whirl. Well, yeah, that's what this episode is like. So and I guess I, I summary is that really the episode does a great ep- uh, uh, well. I'm assuming does a great job of setting up this bizarre world that he's been thrown a prisoner into. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that going forward, I do hope they find some sort of way to, like, if it's 17 episodes of just bizarre weirdness, <laughs> I'm not going to find a whole lot to get out of that. Yeah, yeah. So they true. have to find some sort of sense of normalcy of, like, okay, what's the new normal? What, what are we exploring here yeah. in the midst of all this? But as far as just throwing you into the, the chaos, yeah, good introduction. Yeah. <laughs> You're sort of like, okay, I got to watch episode two because... I don't know what's going on yet, except something evil is going on. Yeah. Something sinister feeling. Sinister is a better word. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's all I got, (laughs) unless anyone else have any. (laughs) Okay. So thanks for listening to the Weekly Hijack. We're uh, happy to be back and and trying out a new show or a new old show, new to us. If you enjoy it, please leave us a comment at uh, deroadtrainsofthought.com. Um, or leave us a review on uh, your podcatcher of choice, wherever you happen to listen to this episode. Until next time, this is Nick. This is Nick. Uh, did I say this is <laughs> Nick? I did. Yeah, and then I started saying it. I'm like, wait a second. I don't know if this sounds weird. It's been a long time. Uh, wow. Uh, this, is, this is Tim. This is Nick. And Natasha. And Janelle. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.